Welcome to the Grip Strip Podcast, episode 23, the uh, classics version of the Grip Strip Podcast, uh, talking about, you know, Labor Day tradition, traditional races here, uh, three in particular. Uh, we'll be talking about that and some of the favorite memories, history, favorite moments that we've had as fans and in general, things that you may know. Um, as listeners to the GSP, and uh, we'll talk about the Darlington Southern 500 and Darlington, talk about the U.S. Nationals, the big go, the biggest NHRA race there is, the biggest drag race there is, and we'll talk about Monza, we'll talk about the Italian Grand Prix um, here on the GSP, and then we'll end this episode talking about paint schemes, because there's plenty of them, some very, very good some mediocre and some just plain out terrible. And we'll kind of go and and uh, give uh, our takes on that here tonight. Um, I'm Philip Matthew. I'm here with my co-host, Joshua Fine. How's it going, man? I'm doing good and ready for the weekend and got a lot of racing. It's uh, going to be exciting. Oh, absolutely. We're getting close to it's getting darker earlier. It's getting closer to football season. So things are picking up. I mean, next week on the GSP, we're going to have a lot to go over, so um, definitely tune in for the uh, Jeff Gordon episode, since this is the Michael Jordan episode, um, number 23 to number 24, and uh, also Kobe Bryant, uh, God God rest his soul. Um, But first, we'll go to Darlington, you know, Southern 500, uh, BZF, went and moved it off of Labor Day, and it it went away in a sense. It went to Mother's Day, which was cool to have the mothers show up and kind of, and do the, the command and all those things. And then they moved, they did move it back. They, they righted it wrong and put it back to um, the, um, to, uh, you know, Labor Day. And so, I think, uh, Josh, uh, what are your, I guess, what are your earliest memories of the Southern 500 and some of your takeaways of what this race means, you know, as you've gone along as a fan? Yeah, I think my earliest memory of the race was probably either 2002 or 2003. I think I remember the 2002 was a range shortened one and then Jeff Gordon won it, I think. And then 2003, I remember um, watching... I think Dale Jr. was in contention that year for that race, and then like he spun out and fell like a lap down, and then uh, there was like some drama about him getting on the lead lap. But then uh, Terry Labonte ended up winning that race out of nowhere, and I think for a lot of fans, you know that that race is still kind of the last real Southern 500 mm-hmm. you know, before they went and screwed things up. Yeah, and then from there, you know, like. The year after it was in the playoffs or the chase and Jimmy Johnson won and just going from there, I mean, you know, like being able to watch it on Mother's Day, like because like uh, there was a few years I lived overseas and you have to get up early in the morning to watch it. And so that was kind of interesting. Um, I, I mean, I remember the Darlington weekend in 2007 when uh Dale Jr. announced he was going to leave DEI and become a free agent. That was remember that weekend, and then it ended up being a, a rain affected weekend. And then Jeff Gordon won 
Um, so a lot of my memories are from you know the the 2000s and the 2010s, I think. But it is a very much a throwback race, and I think for like the history of the sport, I mean, obviously there are significant moments that have come from this. Um, obviously, it's the the longest running quote unquote super speedway race mm-hmm. uh, that this. Uh, series has had since 1950 and a lot of good moments you know with tim richmond winning uh this race in the 1986 i think and yeah and um the way the cars were able to move around at that time and how you really had to really drive the car and uh slide the right rear uh tire you know when they had bias plies and and uh low down forces or really different time and, you know, one of my clips uh, or highlights from – not from that race but from another race where Kelly Yarbrough, you've seen it before on yeah. on Twitter where he goes around and does two laps at Darlington and just the way how he's driving the car and, and how it's taking him a lot of effort to, yeah, uh, to talk. Yeah, <laughs> grunting throughout it. And you can hear the wish and the whoosh sounds throughout. Like that's a pretty cool clip. So, you know, it's just, just a, a lot of history. And, you know, it's a good time to remember different eras of stock car racing. Absolutely. And it's part of why I love this weekend. It's one of the few weekends I look at this point for me um, being a fan for God. I've been 28 years, you know, uh, 20, 29, actually, and 28 full time years um watching the whole season watching a whole bit but it's been 29 years and to darlington the more i learn and the more i see and you you consider who they have running the track Kerry tharp who used to be the nascar media liaison whatever he's one of he knows history he understands this sport inside and out very passionate very well known the way that they do things bridget who uh, deals with the NMPA. She was a long-time uh, person working there, and she still works with the NMPA, but she retired from uh, her job at the Speedway. You know, like, there's history. That's the thing. There's this passion, and there's going to be fans there, so, you know, that, that'll be nice compared to when they race there in uh, May when uh, during the return, which will be the first time since '03, I, I believe, that there has been two races well, now three races at Darlington. Um, so that in itself will change things a little bit because you'll have, there's data from running daylight. There's also going to be data running in the in night. So that could possibly actually provide a better race. Of course, it being 500 miles, it's not the endurance test that it used to be. You used to have to make it through 500 miles. Now, you know, they have stages and all this crap there usually isn't a whole lot of attrition anymore in NASCAR, which I think is one of the reasons why we kind of have what we have uh, with our racing and the package. And we talked about the pack all these stupid rules changes and stuff, but it's one weekend a year where no matter how good or bad the race is, you kind of forget it because it's Darlington and because it's the Southern 500. Um, I wanted to bring up a few points. Uh, what do you call uh, Josh Billiter who, uh, pork roll, uh, who came on our show uh, earlier this year, he he's a NASCAR fan. He's an, a sim guy, just like Josh is. Um, 
and he talked he talked about Regan Smith's victory in 2011. So that was the first win for Furniture Row. Uh, he beat Carl Edwards on two tires that that day. It was 2012 or 2011, whatever it was. Yeah, 2011. 2011. Yeah, sorry. And then and that was such a big deal, and that ended up being Regan Smith's only win. But hey. Your only win is Darlington. Yeah, that's pretty good. It's like Lake Speed. He was a world champion go-kart racer. He beat Ayrton Senna. There aren't very many people who could go and say they beat Ayrton Senna at something. He's one of them. And, you know, he won his one and only race for his own team at um, at Darlington. Uh, it wasn't the Southern 500. It was the, the spring race, the Trans-South 500 back then. Uh, you know, there's there's all these things. You brought up Terry Labonte, Josh, in 2003. That was his final win. But then his first win uh, was was also at at Darlington in 1980. Um, and so you consider how it bookended his career. Texas Terry, one of the coolest, you know, cool as ice, the Iceman, all these different things. If there was a racetrack that fit and suited Terry Labonte to a tee, it was Darlington. And he won his first and his last race there. Um, you know, you look at how Darlington, it will weed out weak drivers. There's a reason why you look at the list of names that have won there and won there a lot. It's David Pearson. It's Dale Earnhardt. You know, Cale Yarborough. Uh, you know, Jeff Gordon. Johnson. Durwood. Bobby Allison, Richard Petty. It's it's the NASCAR Hall of Fame basically. You're you're reading out the NASCAR Hall of Fame basically there. I mean Mark Martin won there multiple times. You I mean the only I think the one exception right now you would say is Smoke. Smoke never won there in a cup car, he won an Xfinity car. That's one of the missing things for him, unfortunately, the five hundred also being there, but you know, you look at Darlington, and it usually provides somebody. You earn it. It's one of the few races all year where you have to earn it. Uh, generally, um, Brad winning the race a couple years ago, I think, is probably one of my favorite memories in general. Might possibly my favorite memory because that's the first time my favorite driver won um, at darlington in the southern 500 and how meaningful and he'd had shots at least one shot before i think 15 he should have won that race got screwed with tires or whatever carl edwards yeah um, caution late race yeah late race tires there. um he benefited in 18 because larson uh with a with a paint scheme that was stolen from an old friend but that's beside the point um had a bad pit stop he dominated that night and he lost that race, which is, you know, part and parcel for what a lot of races, if it wasn't, if it wasn't Larson hitting the wall, it was Larson's pit crew or, or his crew chief, Chad Johnston screwing him out of it. So, you know, like that's kind of how that was. And I mean, there's, there's so many memories you think about, like, I think Clayton Caldwell talking in circles, um, they, they're on, um, blog talk radio. I'm on that show. I'm co-host there. He brought up, I asked him also, uh, just out of curiosity, some things, some of his favorite memories. He brought up, he's a Bill Elliott guy, so of course, Million Dollar Bill um, is the first one that comes up. And I think about it in my life, I was only a few months old, when Bill Elliott won a million dollars in 1985. That, that 
call by Larry Newber is probably the ultimate Larry Newber call in his career. Um, some of, I mean, I, there's some things he, he ways he talked about drivers, some of the ways he described things, but that call of that last lap was one of the most dramatic, amazing, entertaining moments that's ever been in NASCAR racing. Um, and literally there's the Winston million existed for 13, 14 years, whatever it was. And it was only one twice the first year and the last year it was Bill Elliott and Jeff Gordon. Um, never in between that Davey had a chance in 92. Uh, the reason why Larry McReynolds is a weatherman now is because of that day. Um, they handed, they handed Durwood that his last win, Durwood wrecked Daryl or Davey at Pocono and took another win, um, because he's a dick. Um, you know, like there's the Dale Jarrett, I'm in the wall. That's, that's one that always sticks with me. Cause he had won, he'd won Daytona. He'd won Indy. I think Indy was part of the Winston million at that point. Um, yeah. Cause it was 96. It has, it has to be that because I don't think he won the Coke 600 that year, but I may be wrong, whatever. He had two legs of the the deal and he had a chance to win the Winston million. He hits the wall in what is now turns one and two uh, back then three and four and that called to Todd Parrott and they lost that race. Um, and that was a relatively, you know, that was a, that hurt him in points too. I mean, albeit it was between Terry Labonte and Jeff Gordon at the end, but he was in the points race. I mean, there, there's so many memories and it's just amazing to talk about. And I remember, I think, I think for those memories, like you think about Bill Elliott, you think about um, Bill also won his last, the last race for Junior Johnson in 94 there in the Budweiser Ford. Um, David Pearson, like he, Clayton brought this up, that Terry's first victory in 80 came because David Pearson hit the wall blowing a tire, which is, you know, a bad year characteristic and something that will probably happen this weekend too. Um, you know, you think about all those dominant figures, uh, Pearson, uh, yeah, that was, I think in 80 in that race, I think Pearson was filling in for Dale Earnhardt or I think it was 79. I think yeah, it was, I was saying 1979, 79, it was 79 and Terry Labonte won that race. And, and he was filling in for Dale Earnhardt in the Austerlin number two, uh, a Lowe's sponsored Austerlin number two which is one of the throwbacks Jimmy did uh, in in this throwback time. And he had a chance to win that race. I mean, of course, David Pearson was a master at Darlington. He was a master at Charlotte as well. Um, There's so many things you could pick and it's, it's classic and it's beautiful. And it's, it, it brings back, it brings back, you know, the, the, what NASCAR was about and what NASCAR should be about. And for one weekend, you can forget about how bad the cars are. You can forget that the 550 rules package is abysmal. Um, I mean, it probably won't, but you know, it's, it's not very good based on what we saw even earlier this year. I don't think it's going to be a very, it's a very hard race to watch even for the most diehard fan. It ain't going to be any better this weekend, but at least you're going to have plenty of paint schemes to look at and plenty of stories. 
Um, they're probably going to be shilling some crap because it's NBC and they suck. You know, and but you know, we will see about Darlington and how everything goes there. Um, looking forward because of you know the history and the 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 memories made and it's like that for me it was the first race that ernie irvin drove the 28 car um so i he got a top 10 finish that day uh replacing davy allison that that so it always sticks in my mind as as a race that is meaningful even back to my original days it was a year after davy should have won the winston million too but and so We'll see what happens. It'll be on uh, 6 p.m. Eastern on uh, NBCSN, I believe. It says NBC, but I thought they said NBCSN. Um, well, if it's on NBCSN, that's a mistake and a tragedy. should be on big NBC. Yeah, I think th- for some reason, I swear they were showing it on they, – they said they were showing it on NBCSN, but um, I may be wrong. They'll probably promote it they'll, because they'll have the Xfinity race on Saturday anyway. Um, so we'll find out weather looks like there's, there's rain possibilities. So who knows? Maybe it goes on Labor Day. Maybe Tony won't be able to go and, um, be with his girlfriend at the U S nationals. I was going to go and chill that, but Hey, um, yeah, it's 6 PM NBC SN. So that's a uh, sad, but whatever. Well, you know, it's NB. Well, I think when you consider how bad Rick Allen is, preventing him from being on NBC shilling, they they need to. The problem with these networks these days are they pay all the over exorbitant costs for these races, and then they put it into these tight tight time frames, and you know, yeah, there you go. You gotta like that. That's part of the Grip Strip Podcast. Cheers. Have to talk about it when you're talking about people like Rick Allen who suck dick. Um, you know the, that I, I'm. It's going to be interesting for sure with some of these. You know, you look at this the schemes. You the race I don't think is going to be all that dramatic. I know we talked about it in more a little more detail on uh, the regular show and on Tuesday, and it's out there for all of for anyone who wants to look at it. It's on. Uh, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, et cetera, et cetera. It's all over Twitter, our Twitters, all that. So, I mean, uh, the the racing, we kind of, it's going to be the usual suspects for sure, Josh. Um, I mean, I, I guess the one thing we'll do before we move on to the U.S. Nationals is outside of Kevin Harvick and and Danny Hamlin, who who have been the two best drivers all year, uh, what do you think, or who do you think is somebody that could upset this cart? And also, this for the first time in this new in the playoff format, this race is a playoff race too. So keep that in mind. So it definitely has a little bit more uh, intrigue and intensity than it would have had, you know, just being throwback weekend. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to just look at who's contending right now in the series and and also kind of go back on who was a contender when they raced at Darlington in the in the spring. Yeah. And I think that's Brad Keselowski because he led a lot of laps uh, the very first race that they came back from uh, COVID. 
and he's won at uh, Darlington before. He's led a lot of laps there in, in this race alone, at least since they brought it back to Labor Day weekend. So I would look for him to be a, a contender, and he's been a contender this this whole year, um, really uh, since you know since they came back from May. And he's won three races, and outside of Harvick and Hamlin, I think he's probably the guy that you have to watch out for. And I think maybe another guy you have to look out for is probably Martin Truex Jr. He's won here before at Darlington too, and he's also been somebody that's been a top five driver throughout this entire season. Yeah, all good picks. I, I'll i add Chase, uh, old Clyde. Uh, he had the best car, I think, in the second race. He had a good car. Bowman had a really good car in the first race, and Clyde had a good car in the second race, and he got turned by Kyle Busch. Um, I've been out and been saying this for months since this whole losing streak and all the fair weather Kyle Busch people losing their minds because he hasn't won a freaking cup race. It's like, take it easy, assholes. The guy can't win every freaking race. The guy's really good, and he's doing good things, whatever, but he can't win every race. Even the greatest drivers didn't win. You're talking about 10% of the time or whatever, a clip. Even when you think about Jimmy Johnson or Jeff Gordon or – you know, they, their percentage of wins is once every 10, 11, whatever races. Even at their best, I think maybe it was like once every eight races. So for Kyle Busch to actually have a, a, a little bit of a, a a losing streak or a lull in performance isn't shocking when you also consider how the poor they performed in the playoff last year and even leading up to the playoff until middle of Homestead. They haven't really had all that perform- much performance, especially in the 550 side. So the fact that they backed in and won the championship, you know, credit to him and, and Stevens and whatever. But I kind of feel like he's going to go and, and win on Sunday with that mediocre um, Elliott. I mean, I, to, to, how many people are throwing back to absolute mediocrities? I think we'll get into that later, but ugh. I mean, throw back to Ken Schrader, you know, go back to another Ernie Irvin scheme. I don't care. Just throw back to fucking Elliot Sadler. Really? Like, good God. He's a, he's a whiny little bitch that him leaving was a benefit to society. Uh, and, and, and nobody, he's just another idiot, annoying, you know, ugh. God, all these pain schemes for him and, David Reagan, like, what the fuck? Like, who the hey, hell? Man, they're legends. Oh, yeah, they're legends in their own mind. Um, and that sense that I'm a legend in my own mind, too. Uh, I deserve a pain scheme. Let's go. You know, Josh, you, you want you want something with the Jags. Okay, fine, let's go and run. You can get your Jags pain scheme. I can go and run a pain scheme. I want the Texaco Avalon 28, and I don't want it on that maggot mobile driven by Mike Harmon. I want it done properly. Um, not that bullshit that that one asshole did on Larson's car. I want it done properly on a car that actually is going to run up front. How about that? No, we need to have freaking Elliot Sadler. Fuck him, that inbred. Oh, okay. I felt good. Whew. Um, it's therapy, guys. It's therapy. It's definitely different than the usual uh, GSP, and that's part of why we're doing it. 
Um, speaking of that, we're going to go into the U.S. Nationals, the big go, big go um, at Indianapolis Raceway Park, IRP, ORP, uh, Lucas Oil Raceway, uh, insert name here. It's the biggest drag race there is. Um, the 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 fact that it's been around for as long as 1955, so you know 45 and 20, so 65 years. It, the amount of great moments, history. Of course, there's been some obvious tragedies as well, but you know there it it's it's a it's a race that has existed and is is what this sport was built on and and there's people missing this year that wouldn't have been uh, that would usually be there unfortunately due to covid but it's still the US nationals it's still going to pay the same amount of points it's still going to that award is the 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 wally at the end of the the day is going to mean mean just as much this year as it has meant in any other year um i mean you go back every it goes it talks about the greats you think about we talked about darlington you the greats won at at darlington i i mean the one exception that i came up with is of course for me was tony you know i, I we could probably go and filter through a little bit and maybe find some other uh guys that didn't get to win there um but you look at Top Fuel, it's Big Daddy Don Garlitz, Don the Snake Perdome, you know, Gary Beck, um, you know, you, you got all his cap, you got uh, Kenny Baca. Bernstein. Of course, yeah, Kenny Bernstein, Shirley Muldowney, Joe Amato, Daryl Gwynn, Ed the Ace McCullough, Connie Coletta in 94 at the end of his career ended up winning the uh, the U.S. Nationals and Top Fuel after many years of trying, um, you know, uh, like like uh, when and this is when Scott was a champion. It was his two years. It was his second year that he won the the championship at that point. I mean, Scott Coletta, I guess, is an exception. He was one of the ones that never got to win. I mean, Jim Head was still around running a, a Top Fuel, I mean, a funny car. Sells the Corey Mack. The two big ones for recent times, of course, is the all-time winningest driver at Indianapolis in in the U.S. Nationals is the Sarge Tony Schumacher and Larry Dixon, who was my favorite top field driver. Uh, those two guys from the year 2000 through 2010, they won every top fuel uh, U.S. Nationals. And then, of course, Tony Schumacher won it an additional two times after that. Um, there's been other guys that have won. A lot of different guys that have won in, in recent years on Top Fuel. Of course, Antron Brown, who's a New Jersey guy, uh, somebody who's he won. Antron Brown won on Pro Stock Motorcycle, and he's won on in, in Top Fuel. There's a lot of those, a lot of examples of that in two different categories. Um I mean, Josh, uh, we talked about it. I, is there anybody or any name that you, when you think about drag racing, like I went over top fuel, I could start listing the other, you know, other categories. But when you think about drag racing, when you think about the U.S. Nationals, this person is what 
who makes the U.S. Nationals for you? I mean, I think, I mean, looking at the history of the race, probably somebody like uh, Darn, Don Garletis, you know, he's Garlet. won, yeah, uh, very, very many times he's won this race, uh, the U.S. Nationals, and I mean, another guy you have to look at is Tony Schumacher, he's won several times overall, I mean, even going into some of the other classes as well, I mean, name that kind of stand out is, uh, you know, like, Raymond Beetle, you know, ended up being a, a NASCAR owner later in his career, and he was also a successful drag racer. Um, and he's won this race uh, several times in top fuel, and even guys that are still racing today, like Cruz Pedigron, and you know, he's won a few times in the '90s and and uh, throughout today, and uh, in top fuel and um, pro stock. I mean, you look at somebody like. Uh, Greg Anderson, who won uh, three or four years in a row in the early 2000s, and so you know, just a lot of a lot of history throughout uh, throughout this race. And you know, we talked about the Southern 500 and uh, how that's been the longest, or not the longest running uh, race on Memorial Day we- or Labor Day weekend, but it's actually the NHRA Nationals. Yeah, but some interesting names that have won the U.S. Nationals uh, throughout history. We have you know, Don Garlitz, who I think has probably won this race many, many times uh, throughout it, the race's history. And obviously, he's one of the most successful drag racers of all time. And, you know, even in recent years, I mean, Tony Schumacher has won several times since uh, the beginning. 2000 and uh going on uh into 2020 and then you know going looking at the top fuel funny car class you know guys like raymond beetle who was actually uh, a nascar owner later on his Mm -hmm. won this race several times um in the 1970s and the um early 1980s and guys like kenny bernstein obviously a legend in drag racing as well Cruz Pedregon, who's still racing today, and you know John Force um, also, and his family too. That's one, and even some lesser-known names like Greg Anderson, who won in Pro Stock, and Bob Glidden. Uh, well, Bob won- Glidden is is the all-time leader, and he's from Indiana too. Yeah. I just want to kick in there, and he's yeah, every when you think about Pro Stock racing, uh, Glidden. Um, is definitely one, and Greg Anderson, he's a multi-time winner too. So I mean, there's, it's true. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, that's that's true as well. But you know, even even guys like who are are now racing in in the top series in NHRA, who um, won in their class early in the day in, in motorcycles, like uh, Antron like Brown. Brown. Yeah. And now he's a, a star in in the HRA today, and just shows that fuel, they're yeah. yeah in top fuel, and it just shows you know no, there are several classes of uh, of um, forms of uh, drag racing that you can uh, succeed in in this uh, event and still uh, have a chance to you know win the uh, top fuel or funny car and and just put put your name in history for this race and. Like like for for this race, like we just talked about the Southern 500 and its history on Labor Day, and this this race has always been held on Labor Day until last year, and it's always been since its inception has been the longest running Labor Day event for motorsports, and 
that's uh, something that it holds and it's unique to itself since they moved the Southern 500 for uh, a whole decade and moved it. But so I think that's something that's a very unique distinction. Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're, you're talking about the, the greatest it's ever been to go and win this race. Uh, I think the, you know, we brought it up. I brought it up to Tony as of one of my favorite drivers, one of the only exceptions when you look at drivers that have not won this race is Ron Caps. Um, it, it he had never won at Indianapolis in a points paying race until earlier this summer when they ran one of I think about a hundred uh, races at Indy to make up for races uh, that they had to cancel due to COVID. That was the first time he had won a points race at Indianapolis. He has never won the U.S. Nationals. Um, so it's possible. Could it happen this weekend? It's similar to the whole Dale Earnhardt. It's got the Dale Earnhardt. It's got them at, at Daytona, but he eventually won. You know, it's like Tony Stewart at Daytona and every big race basically outside of the Brickyard. Um, you know, Michael Andretti not winning in Indianapolis. You're, uh, you, you know, you think of the best drivers, the greatest ever, and Ron Caps has won over 50 races in in Funny Car, and he's won a world championship. It took a long time for him to win a championship, too. And so, I guess maybe it's maybe it's a timing thing. Maybe it's uh, uh, something that you know it it it's time to to go, and uh, maybe it'll be his year. You know, like. Uh, you gotta it's in in a year where the force cars are not going to be racing here at at the u.s nationals it's possible that that we could finally see a um ron caps uh victory here um and which would be a big it'd be emotional hey, you've had emotional victories in recent years you look at you know the the unfortunate passing of Blaine Johnson in 1996 when he was on his way to another championship and then or 97 and then it Gary Selzy takes over his ride basically with um with um what do you call um Alan Johnson as the owner and and tuner and he wins the u.s nationals and then alan johnson all the wins he had with tony schumacher and et cetera, et cetera. i mean we go over you talked about in family it's one thing you look at families you talk about like one thing with racing for sure is family and how they're can interconnected and and multiple generations it's uh, you you go and look at you know, the names you brought up Raymond Beadle earlier is a great one. You know, um, Tom, the mongoose, Tom mongoose McEwen beating Don Perdome, the hot wheels, all of that, uh, the snake and the mongoose at the ace McCullough, you know, one in both top fuel and funny car, um, Billy Meyer, who, who, um, legendary name. He opened uh, the Texas Motorplex, which is one of the first, you know, stadium, real amazing uh, uh, meccas of drag racing, which was a full concrete uh, drag strip, you know, back in the 80s. 
Uh, you Jim had one in both categories. You had Kenny Bernstein one in both categories. You, of course, you brought up Cruiser in '92. Um, John Force. It took John Force a long time to finally win at Indy, and then he finally won in '93. Um, and, uh, he won, then he won a few, it, it, when you consider John Forrest won like 8 trillion races, the U S nationals is one of those exceptions where he hasn't won a whole lot of them relative to his, how prolific he's been elsewhere. You know, the, it was, he hadn't won until last year when he won again, it was the first time he had won the U S nationals since 2002. So for the John Force, that's definitely a drought. He had won four times uh, between 1993 when he won his first race there and 2002 and then had to wait a very long time to win again. Of course, you know, he, he fielded the car for Gary Denshin, which was one of the most emotional victories ever for Gary Denshin, who's been around since Zeus. Um and and he and he finally wins the U.S. Nationals, the the highlight of his career, and then Robert Height, of course, has won there three times now. Uh, who's his son-in-law and president of the the organization? His daughter Ashley won two years in a row before she retired to um, be a mother and and make a family, and now she's you know one of the right hand people there at JFR. Mike Neff, who was a crew chief and um, then became racer slash crew chief, and now he's back as a crew chief. He won twice. I mean, you look at this, John Force racing uh, at one point, one, three, six years in a row here recently, um, and seven out of eight. Uh, so, I mean, you, you got Del Worsham, former world champion, uh, Wilkerson, he's one of the fan favorites. He's a great guy, one of the best people there's ever been. Um, you, know, you brought up Cruiser. He's a three-time winner in four years. Uh, his brother Frank won this race in the penthouse car for uh, Jim, um, Big Jim Dunn, the penthouse magazine Pontiac in 99. Yeah, I always remember that, probably because I have a dirty mind. But... Um, you know, recent years, J.R. Todd, who's a Indiana guy, and you know, for those people who, who have things against uh, certain races, I uh, probably don't like that. Same reason we probably don't like Antron Brown. But if you don't like Antron Brown, you should probably kill yourself. Um, and then you look at Pro Stock. There is back. I mean, you brought up Greg Anderson. Uh, he he was a crew chief for Warren Johnson back in the day. Then he moved on and became a driver. And he won all those years. I was. I think he won three years. Those years from '93 to '95, he was a tuner for Warren Johnson, and so he won those three as a crew chief. And then in 2001, he became a a, a driver, or by, before that, he became a driver. And then in '01, he won uh, the U.S. Nationals. And then at that point, he won five out of six years. Only. Only Jed Coughlin Jr., of course, is one of the greatest ever, uh, stood in his way from not winning all those ones. And Jed Coughlin, of course, is retiring at the end of the year. You have Jason Line, who – oh, there you go. There's there's the other one. Jason Line, 
who who's going to be retiring at the end of this season as a full-time driver uh, has not won this race. There you go. There's the one that I hadn't that I hadn't remembered off the top of my head just looking at this list. Um, the teammate, longtime teammate of of, Jay, of Greg Anderson. Uh, that'll be something to see. Dave Conley, who's a tuner these days, is a three-time winner of this race, but he's one of the best drivers I've ever seen in a pro stock car. And the fact he's not in a car is, I think, criminal, but, you know, it shows how money is and uh, things are. Tanner Gray, who people know now as a truck series driver, uh, he won this race as a on his championship year a couple of years ago in the pro stock uh, category. Uh, his his dad, Shane, won this race a few years before that. Um, there, his grandfather and Shane's father, Johnny, performed very well in, in this race. So it, it goes back. It tells you. It, con- it connects how generations. It's what racing is all about. You can connect that to sports, I think, uh, how um, – you, you look at uh, generations of being able to perform great. You know, uh, I was talking about Warren Johnson or when when uh, Greg Anderson was working for him. Kurt Johnson ended up winning two consecutive years at the U.S. Nationals. Um, only Mike Edwards stood between the the Johnson family winning every race from '92 through '99. So. It's it's something, and I think my favorite, one of my favorite moments is Daryl Alderman winning in the Dodge in the Wayne County Speed Shop, uh, Dodge Daytona before Johnson or whoever went and sabotaged them. Those cars were beautiful; they were fast. Daryl Alderman went through a lot in his life, but he was amazing. He won multiple championships. Daryl Alderman, there was just something about Daryl Alderman and those Dodges. Whether it was, it was usually the Dodge Daytona. They ended up bringing out the Avenger, I think, and wasn't as good, but it was the Dodge Daytona. Both paint schemes they had, all those Mopar Dodges were just awesome. And then you had Bob Glidden with his Fords, and he won all these races. I mean, going all the way back to the early days against Ronnie Sox and going against, I, uh, you know, Wayne Gap and Don, Don Nicholson and, Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. I mean, look at the. I mean, that's the thing. You, you got these names. It's amazing. Um, you have pro stock motorcycle Vance of Terry Vance of Vance and Hines. You know Byron Hines. The the reason what Harley Davidson. You think about Harley Davidson in, in NHRA and it's Vance and Hines. Uh, Dave Schultz and John Myers. Who when you consider the pro stock category, motorcycle category. It was that rivalry that really built that, that series and made it a major category. Uh, Dave Schultz ran the Sunoco um, Suzuki and always was cool. And then John Myers ran, uh, I, I forget different sponsors, but he ran the star racing bike. And which is why, you know, George Bryce was the, tuner and john myers and him were like brothers they were like they had you know esp or whatever they knew what they one was doing before the other like kind of deal those two were amazing of course john myers passing away both john myers and dave schultz um uh passed and they, they were they were both legends 
of this sport and they won this race a lot. Um, of course, when it comes to today's time, you know, Antron Brown won this race twice on a bike and has won once in top fuel, as Josh said, um, Reggie showers who lost uh, a part of one of his legs, um, also won this race in 2003. So that's pretty uh, amazing when you think about it. Um, Angel, Angel Sampay, uh, now she's, uh, Angel, what is it? She was Angel Ceiling and Angel Savoie when she won in 01 and 02. There's Angel Sampay. Uh, she's, she's one of the greatest. She has a great chance to win number three. Um, you have other guys, Steve Johnson, who's one of the best people that's ever existed on planet Earth. He's an absolute nut job, but he's won this race twice. He had never won in his career, and then he finally wins. He wins Indy. You know, it's kind of like winning. You you never win anything. You win the Daytona 500 like Derek Cope. But the difference is Steve Johnson's actually a benefit to society. Um, he's won this race twice. You got Matt Smith. You have Hector Arana raced forever, and he finally wins Indy. It was a big deal. Ellie Tonglitz won this race three times. So that's a, for that family that's been in this sport for many years. You know, of course, Andrew Hines. Andrew Hines, it took a long time for him to win this race, considering to get to 2012. Only He's only won this race twice, um, which is interesting. Um, Eddie Craywick from Jersey used to work at English Town. He's won this race twice. Um, and, you know, Jerry Savoie's won this race. So there's certain riders that when you – it's certain people, when you get to Indy, when it comes to this race, they come up and they show up big. Uh, and it's going to be a great weekend this weekend at Indianapolis. Hopefully we see some great racing on Monday uh, afternoon at the U.S. Nationals. Uh, the next race that we'll talk about, Italian Grand Prix Monza. Um, I'll throw to you, Josh. It's been around going back many decades, running at Monza, running the old oval, they ran IndyCar races on that oval. They used the oval in, you know, for the Formula One, a part of it, and then they also used it, you know, in famous movie like Grand Prix. And um, we saw it during the Sim season where um, Kyle Larson um, ended himself, sort of. Um, so, I mean, what do you think, uh, what are your thoughts of Monza, memories, things that – come to mind when you think about Monza and and the Italian Grand Prix? Yeah, I think with Monza, I think the thing that comes to me the most is just flat-out speed. And you talk about just the oval itself is very, very fast and also very dangerous considering that it's no longer in use, basically. But when you kind of look at the layout of Monza and you eliminate the chicanes and the first turn and then uh, on the other ends of the racetrack, you know, you can kind of visualize a straight line where it would exist if they didn't, you know, have to use that. And even with the chicanes and all that, it's still really, really fast, but there's, you know, also a lot of history at this uh, racetrack and this Grand Prix. It's the longest running 
Formula One Grand Prix. There is dating back to before even Formula One even existed as an organization, going all the way back to the early 1930s with this race. Um, but the you know the uh, full course layout, like how they are able to run the the road course itself, and also the the oval portion with the 10,000 kilometers and how, you know, you have one part of the racetrack is the, on the front stretch is the oval. And then part of it is the, the road course part is a very interesting layout. But, um, I think, you know, throughout its history, you know, there's some interesting races that had, and, and even the early or the, the mid 1960s, early 1970s, some very, very, uh, competitive racing that took place in, uh, Formula One that, I feel like maybe you don't see today and you know you talk about like 1965 and how you have a, a race that has like 42 lead changes which today in Formula One is unheard of um, completely unheard of is a lot of races don't even have any lead changes and you know um, 1970 Italian Grand Prix where um, Clay Regazzoni wins uh, the race and it's the last one where they uh, had 68 laps and now it's a 55 lap race um, you know, you go through the 1976 Grand Prix when Nicky Lauda returned from his injuries that he suffered uh, that season. And, you know, they go into that, uh, that really that season, but, you know, just his return um, in the movie Rush, uh, which came out uh, a couple of years ago back in 2014, and one of the better racing films there is. And, you know, all the way yeah. up to modern, modern day history in Formula One where 2004, uh, Juan Pablo Montoya it, it sets, sets the, the fastest lap. Yeah. yeah, sets the fastest lap for a Formula One car, and it stayed that way all the way up until 2018 when uh, Kimi Raikkonen uh, ends up sending the record. And and that race for him, he could have won the race, and uh, I think Lewis Hamilton ends up outlasting him. But it was interesting. That race itself was interesting just because the amount of tire wear that seemed to go on throughout that race. And it was a chance that Kimmy might've won, but it ended up not being the case. And um, still that's probably maybe, and at this stage of his career, probably one of his uh, better showings, if not his best showing in, uh, at, at this stage of um, where he's at now. And even, even before that, um, you know, you look at like a couple of years ago with Fernando Alonso and, he was at McLaren. There's a funny clip of him during the race where he's just getting angry every lap, and it's not really memorable, but it's uh, one of the things I remember from at least from you know watching, paying attention to the series, and shows you know just how passionate he is about the sport, and 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 just how um, you know how much of a competitor he is. But you know for the race itself, you know it's it's a historical race, and it's always going to be tied to Ferrari. And we talk about the history that Ferrari has in Formula One. And certainly, you know, this year being there as uncompetitive as it is, it's it's got to be sad if you're a Formula One fan, you know, a little embarrassing that um, they're probably not going to be in any kind of contention. And it'll be probably downright embarrassing, as we've talked about the, uh, this year um, with for, uh, the Ferrari team. But, you know, as, as it goes, and I think we'll see another dominant performance from Lewis Hamilton and Ferrari being a no-show as they have been all year. Yeah, and for Lewis, he has a chance to break his tie with Michael Schumacher and get to number 90 this weekend at the Italian Grand Prix. If he wins, he would uh, become a six-time winner of the Italian Grand Prix, and that's all since 2012. So he, 
He's won five. It would be if he were to win, it would be his fifth win since he's joined Mercedes and sixth overall. He won once for McLaren as you, I mean, Josh, you brought up from a couple of years ago, 2018, which was against Kimi Raikkonen there and uh, Schumacher, the all-time winner. He won all of his races, of course, for Ferrari, so more dramatic uh, for sure. You have Nelson Piquet, who won four times there, Tazio Nuvolari and Alberto Ascari, Juan Manuel Fangio, Sterling Moss, those are all, you know, I mean, you, the first three guys, of course, of course, are connected to Ferrari, Alfa Romeo, Sterling Moss, of course, the great legendary uh, British driver, Ronnie Peterson, who lost his life at this race in 1970. I mean, he he'd won three out of four and he always was good there. He was injured in an accident in the 79 uh, Italian Grand Prix, the the day that Mario Andretti won his uh, world championship for Lotus, which would end up being the last world championship for Lotus, um, a blood clot for Ronnie Peterson, um, ended up seeing him pass away, um, which was made it a very uh, sad and somber um, moment in time for everybody. And I think it was something that kind of, one of those pieces that kind of set the tone for what ended up happening to Lotus, unfortunately. I mean, you look at Prost, Barrichello won three times for Ferrari. Uh, Vettel won, in, of course, for... Uh, Vettel's win in 08 was one of the biggest ones ever because it was a wet, dry race. He did it in the Toro Rosso, which was basically like running minority. It was like the old minority team and Toro Rosso, and that's still the only Toro Rosso win ever, which is now AlphaTauri. Um, they've had podium finishes, uh, second and third place, but the only win they've ever had was Sebastian Vettel as a very young driver there in his first full year as a Formula One uh, driver full-time, uh, winning there in 2008. Uh, you brought up Nicky Lauda, the dramatic return after having to basically clear his lungs out of all the tar and everything that he went through at in the fire at the Nürburgring and almost dying. You know, you, Phil Hill, the legendary Phil Hill, the world champion, he won his world championship in 61 uh, for Ferrari, and he won the Italian Grand Prix. So, hey, there's no better way to go out or go and do that. You know, um, I was talking to... Uh, somebody uh, we had uh, Jared from the Formula One Grid Talk. Uh, I this I was asking him, and he said it was his favorite memory was Juan Pablo Montoya going and setting the fastest ever lap, and uh, McLaren went his win for McLaren in 2005. For me, that was obviously a, a big one too, because being a JPM guy, um, Senna won twice he should have won there three times uh, he got screwed in 1988 um by uh what the heck is his name uh ugh. i'm forgetting his name now um is schlesser jean-louis schlesser oh uh, what a loser he basically parked it in that chicane and uh 
cost in that that win. That was the only year, only when you consider dominant race cars and all of motorsport. The MP44 won 15 out of 16 races. That was the only race they lost. Um, it was it, you could get into semantics. It's possible that neither of those cars would have made it because there was fuel issues because they had to go in similar to what they have now. They had to save fuel and not you know basically make a number kind of deal. Um, no refueling back then. So it's possible. I think Alan Prost was having issues saving fuel that day too, um, based on all the books I've read. Um, and so, Hey, who knows, but he got wrecked out of that deal while leading. So that's one, I mean, you look at it, Alonzo Montoya, Damon Hill, won back to back races, you had um, Nicky Lauda, Clay Regazzoni, ran for Ferrari, the great Jackie Stewart, John Surtees, Rudolph Caracciola, um, Luigi Faglioli back in the 30s. So, I mean, it shows, it talks about the history. And, I mean, the you think about the last week you were at Spa, which is one of the most amazing circuits that exists in the world, and all the the turns and curbs and everything that you, you everybody knows you know everybody knows the parabolica at, at, at monza you know the ascari chicane the the lesmos which for many years you know they didn't have the variante retifilio uh, which is the first chicane they had they had the curva grande the first turn was a curva grande and then they didn't have the Variante della Rogia. They went straight to the Lesmos. And then you'd go and go straight. There would be no Ascari chicane. And you'd have a slight bend left. or And then they would go into the Parabolica, which would then go into the Oval, where they'd go and run that. And then, so, I mean, that's how that whole deal was. And then they ran around the other way. Um, in the Sims Sim deal that they were talking about, uh, that we were talking about earlier, that Alan Bestwick actually calling that race too, which was cool, because Alan Bestwick shouldn't be calling third-rate football and basketball games. He should be calling NASCAR, and if NBC had a clue, they would sign him up and put him with uh, Junior and Dale Jarrett, and they could actually go and have basically what ESPN used to have um, in their heyday and have a real, really good broadcast, but NBC and even Fox, they don't know what a good broadcast is, and they haven't known what a good broadcast is for a long time. Ah, uh, man, well, we'll see. You know, we, we have to listen to David Croft scream about whatever he's going to be screaming about, because he also sucks, but it is what it is. We'll see if uh, Lewis Hamilton gets to number 90, here this weekend at the Italian Grand Prix, or if Max Verstappen can go and uh, finally make uh, Lewis Hamilton sweat a little bit, or Valtteri Bottas um, at the uh, Italian Grand Prix. We'll end uh, tonight's show kind of going over the the throwbacks that we're going to see. I mean, we have a lot of, right now, uh, Michael McDowell, of course, because, I mean, he sucks. Um, I'm sure that the 32 car will be a waste, too, based on recent races anyway, so F them. Uh, 34 already mailed it in. 
Um, we only there's outside of that there's I think what is it one two three four five cars that haven't revealed a throwback based on what's going to be um, run what based on what we've seen so far uh, as possibility but I don't think so which would be a shame especially Kurt Busch you'd think he could do something to throw back in his career and then when you look at the seventeen car all the schemes that go with the 17, whether it's Durwood, whether it's even for Roush uh, racing itself, like you could do a Matt Kenseth. Like, why wouldn't you do a Matt Kenseth tribute? Really? It's going to be the end of Matt Kenseth's cup career at the end of this deal at Phoenix run a freaking Matt Kenseth, the wall car with, with the colors of, of Fastenal. It's not that freaking hard. Um, Ryan Priest, who knows? Like, he could run some sort of mod tribute. Um, that would be cool. Um, Kenseth could run whatever he wants because he's Matt Kenseth. He should go and run a DeWalt car, honestly. Not, like, sponsor, obviously not sponsored by DeWalt, but just run his scheme from his championship year with McDonald's or whatever the hell is going to be on there. He gets credit one. And, oh, Richard... Oof, you know, whatever. I think you consider all the years JTG Doherty has been in the sport. They could go and go back to a scheme from when they started and put whatever effing sponsor they have on there. Um, I guess uh, I'll, I'll throw to you, Josh, before I go in. And uh, there's definitely a lot of schemes. Uh, what it, what has stood out to you in terms of good ones? What stood out? Like, I, I guess the good, the bad, and the ugly. What do you see as good? The What do you see as kind of meh? And what do you say is like a complete fail? Yeah, I mean, I know you talked about it earlier with the Kyle Busch throwback and the Elliot Sadler, but that's one of the few throwbacks that actually makes sense because it, it stayed true to the original scheme. And granted, it was a easy one for them because that you know it's a basically a a a free throw for them that they can make because it's still m&ms and Mm -hmm. they they kept the number the same which um i'll you know that's a that's a bonus i think um because a lot of these throwbacks they uh you know they keep the number the same but you know they they went back to the original uh number style and you know martin truex's throwback Going to uh, Hank Parker Jr. when they first uh, started sponsoring the Bass Pro Shops um, uh, full time in NASCAR. That's well, that was the also same thing kinda, as last year. <laughs> well, it was a throwback to Martin Truex's version of the scheme because there's been some variations of the uh, eight car uh, Bass Pro Shops scheme uh, throughout the years. Yeah, it's it it is kind of the same, but um, there are variations. But so it is kind of a throwback to himself. But yeah. my point being that yeah, it's a throwback to himself, but it's, it's still for because it is the original sponsor and everything. It it still actually matches the colors yeah, and everything, and you know they make the scheme. I mean the twenty ones and another good throwback. They're always good for a good throwback. Uh, uh, the 41 um also uh, another wood brothers throwback with curtis turner also good scheme still um kind of carrying the same the same theme they didn't change the colors or anything um i think for me like maybe the most unique one is probably jimmy johnson's because for years we've talked about with nascar like you know we talked about terry bonte earlier this uh podcast and 
um, his career. And I think, you know, one of his last races was when he tried to run a asymmetrical paint scheme at Talladega with one end honoring his number five car from the 1990s. And then the other end championship uh, cars. Yeah. Yeah, The 32 car, which they wanted to freak out about. Yeah. 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 But, but they, they actually figured it out for once where all you got to do is just have one, one part of the car, the top the roof and the hood and the, deck lid all be one scheme and then the other half be the other scheme so that's a very unique throwback uh throwback there um the dirty mo radio throwback with ross chastain that's another good one um i think some of the fails maybe some some of the more recent ones like uh christopher bell oh, his God. throwback like oh. uh, that's pretty bad uh it, it just looks really cheesy daniel suarez it's basically the same scheme that he had like three years ago and it i mean actually that's not even the same scheme from his thing that's just what he was running like two years ago at joe gibbs you know so that's uh, a, a cheap one there that doesn't really mean anything um I mean, I think some of these ones, like Bubba Wallace, like um, it does throw back to portion yeah. in Richard Petty's career. But yeah. I don't really like how they they start out with the original green from that car, and then it fades to the cash app green. And then, I mean, I, I like the the idea of it, but the execution I don't really like for yeah. it. Uh, uh, I mean, Joey Logano uh, doesn't really match the color for. Bobby Allison. Bobby Allison, yeah, it's a little bit too bright red, at least from the renderings. And but I mean, it's still a good car. Uh, so I mean, it's not that bad. Uh, um, I mean, I think the Hendrick cars, their throwbacks. I I like this the schemes themselves. I mean, obviously the all the successful portions of Jimmy Johnson's career, but it just doesn't fit the car for whatever reason, and it almost looks a little cheesy. So don't really like that one. Uh, Tyler Reddick's one I don't really like as well. Um, although, yeah, it does look nice. too. <laughs> yeah, it's very inaccurate. Yes, and it just it, it's just a poorly executed throwback. And you look at the I think of the A post or the A pillar where they just have the uh, random random red or random yellow part on the the post there where there wasn't such part. Um, so I didn't really like that one. Actually, another solid one I think is. Uh, Ryan Newman's throwback to it's a throwback to his uh, USAC car. USAC days, yeah. Yeah, so and that's one that actually kind of stayed true to form, um, which I I liked. I'm I think another one that's that's good is um, if you go in the Xfinity series, the throwback for Michael Annette to the Dale Jr. Uh, number three Oreo. car from he yeah. Daytona the Oreo car. That's uh, one of the better looking cars from Dale Jr.'s career. Um, I think another one I you probably might disagree with is that maybe I don't like as much as the the discount tire one. Uh, for some reason, I just yeah, don't like it. It feels it's so not that great. I'm not. I'm, yeah. not, I'm I, I'm a yeah. I'm a Brad guy, but yeah, that's a mail-in. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. So overall, you know, like the ones basically like in summaries, like the ones that I like are the ones that actually stayed true to form, and they were able to get the colors close. Uh, to the original colors as possible and it wasn't just a the same scheme adapted to the car and they just did a color swap um so 
you know that's something you have to consider and then some of these other ones they they just find a random scheme and then they mail it in or they find something from recent history and and just use that you know i mean a few years ago we had jimmy johnson throwing back to himself from 2012 when he won the race and it was like that was a mail in and now william byron's doing the same thing with uh a car that nobody remembers from his all-star win from like 2013 you know so all those i mean another one i liked is Dale Jr.'s uh, throw, or well, Justin Allgaier throwing back to uh, the JL, Dale Jr. Uh, JR Motorsports car from 2003, where he led 100 laps at Daytona. That's when I liked uh, too. So, you know, there's um, a lot of good ones, and then there's a lot of ones that they mailed it in. You know, I mean, we can go through all of them, but I mean, that's pretty much. I think that summarizes it for me. Yeah, so I mean, go and look at that. But um, in terms of a paint scheme, there. Okay, I see. All right, that's pretty cool. Throw him back to his own to his father. That's nice. Even though he's a douchebag, that's that's nice. Um, I I'm looking like I'm looking over here. I'll start off with uh, the Cup Series. I mean, I think the you. For the woods, it doesn't matter. They're they're going to be able to have a throwback paint scheme for eternity because they're the Wood Brothers. There's a reason why I wish Ryan Blaney was still driving the Wood Brothers car, and it's because of one of the reasons because of this. Because outside of Junebug, I think the biggest mark for classics is him. And then even if they wanted, if they ran their throwback, their Wood Brothers throwback, he could throw back to his dad. And he could throw back to his uncle and he could throw back to his grandfather and all their sprint car schemes at another racetrack, you know, at Daytona or someplace. Well, I wouldn't want Daytona because it's likely it'll get wrecked, but you could throw back somewhere else and it would be perfect because it's Blaney and it's all that. It would be perfect. But Penske wants him to be there and whatever it doesn't matter i think he'd win the same amount and screw up the same amount in the 21 car and it'd be better for for trinket sales um that's how that's how rick hendrick does things these days with chase elliott um i mean you just go through them i mean might as well um you got time here you you got uh quinn hoff throwing back to something out of 36 it's whatever he's just going to be in the way so people will will see that car it's it's random it's permatex and it's quinn huff so it might end up in the wall uh, brad throwing back to his xfinity championship when he started his relationship with uh discount tire and with team penske uh, he had a horrible year that year in the truck in the cup series but he won the xfinity title in a Dodge, uh, was able to run the Challenger and the Dodge, uh, I guess, uh, Charger. Yeah, Charger and the Challenger. Yeah. So it's interesting. Uh, they're able to go and use those pictures and show the Ford Mustang. So who knows? Maybe he wins in a mail-in scheme, throwing back to himself. But, you know, it's a discount car, tire car. Uh, you know, Dylan... He usually runs schemes to his grandfather or runs schemes to somebody that, you know, it's something close. Um, This time they're running a scheme to the great, late, great Junior Johnson. So that's nice. Uh, Doesn't make up for the fact that Austin Dillon sucks. But, hey, at least it's a cool one. 
Uh, Kevin Harvick with the Bush beer car throwaway, um, probably going to be up front, so we're going to see it a lot. Newman, you said, uh, definitely cool because he won the USAC Sprint Car uh, championship in a in a in that kind of scheme. Um, he had no neck back then. He still has no neck. Um, he does know that he wrecked at Daytona, all that. They brought it up, I think, 8,000 times. Josh Balicki will be in a uh, Tom Baldwin Sr. throwback, which is awesome. Uh, the Baldwin team always seems to, no matter where, what they're, how they're formed, whether they're actually Tommy Baldwin racing or they're running basically a Rick Ware benefit car, which is what they're doing these days, uh, Tommy Baldwin always brings out the great throwbacks, uh, whether it's this race, whether it was when they were fundraising, when they had Steve Park racing back in the day. Uh, this one's cool. Throwing back to his father, his late great father, Tommy Baldwin Sr. Tom Baldwin Sr. who was a great modified racer up here in the Northeast. Um the the eight car is an absolute fail. Um, it might have been the post. I, I I've been on Twitter for many years. It was like my anniversary. It was an I anniversary a few days ago uh, on Twitter. I think it was about ten years ago or nine years ago. And I think if there's one post that has gotten more more views and replies, it was the post that I made about. Uh, Tyler Reddick, because I'm a Tyler Reddick fan. Um, it's out there. I mean, minus the fact he's, he ended Austin Terrio's career, but that's beside the point. There, Richard Childress and them are selling this paint scheme as his rookie paint scheme. The fact of the matter is, Jeff Burton's rookie paint scheme was the same paint scheme as Sterling Marlin's car from 1993 in 94. And Jeff Burton won Rookie of the Year. This paint scheme is from 1995. So that's mistake number one. Josh brought up the obvious screw-up, um, which was mistake number two, uh, which with the A-pillar, which looks horrible. Mistake number three, which I just noticed, is the line and where the line is relative. I guess maybe it's because I, I think the line doesn't, it's more subtle in the 95 paint scheme because of the contingencies. But now because he are, because of freaking Rob Kaufman, that sword swallower um, and Michael Waltrip, the two of them together, that whole entire area is blank, which is BS. Um, yeah. Total fail. Um, Tyler Reddick, uh, I mean, come on. I, I mean, it's a Google search. I, I know Richard Childress sucks in a lot of ways, but come on. Total, total fail. Uh, the Jimmy Johnson ones that they're doing, whether it's Clyde, whether it's Alex Bowman, uh, William Byron, they're all kind of whatever. Um, it's fine. Uh, who cares? Uh, the, I think at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. They're all running those schemes for Jimmy, but Jimmy made it with his scheme, which threw back to Richard Petty and Dale Earnhardt and even himself. I think that is the ultimate one. No matter what, I think the, the one that wins the weekend is going to be 
uh, Jimmy's uh, Jimmy's scheme in terms of the Cup Series. I think there's definitely some amazing schemes in the trucks, uh, Xfinity too. But in terms of Cup, I think that wins the deal. Uh, one that could compete with it is a Fireball Roberts car for Eric Almirola. Looks amazing. Um, it would be cool if he could actually win a race that it wasn't a restrictor plate track. Uh, Denny Hamlin continues his Kale Yarborough tributes, and that's nice, um, even though he's a, t- he's a dick and he does cocaine. Um, Ryan Blaney running a Paul Menard tribute, so take that for what you will. Clint Boyer throwing back to Kyle Petty, uh, the old peak antifreeze Ford, which is not a peak antifreeze Pontiac back then. And it's a peak antifreeze Ford in this case. That's nice. I don't care for him as a driver, but that's a nice paint scheme. That's cool. Um, He should go mullet and grow a squirrel over his lip and say, these guys, that's incredible. Um, Let me say this. Um, is there any other, any other sayings that Kyle Petty had that, that I missed there, Josh? I feel like you got them all. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, one that underrated, I, that I think we both missed that we saw that's come out recently was Brennan Poole, who's not that great of a driver and it's not on a Ford, which sucks, but they did an amazing job throwing back to the Budmore Motocraft Ford of Ricky Rudd. That's nice. Um, I'm not a fan of his. I'm not a fan of that team, but they did an amazing job with that car. It looks great. Um, it's going to suck that they're going to run 30th, but hey, um, God bless because they're supporting you know veterans and supporting uh, going and referencing to Bud Moore, who fought for our country and was an absolute uh, amazing um, I- individual, not just as a human being and what he did, as, but as a car owner and as a cultivator of talent. Um, yeah, I'm not even going to get going on the, the, that stupid fucking Elliot Sadler bullshit and the typical you know martin truex did this scheme last year so fuck that d burrito yeah we went into it the bobby allison car i can't get mad about anything that involves the allison family really but yeah that's it's it's kind of weak for logano he could do better um they could try harder um yeah you missed eric jones though he's got your tony stewart paint scheme there Oh, yeah, they don't have it up here on NBC, actually. All right, so, yeah, Eric Jones with the absolutely random, um, yeah, Tony Stewart finished second at Martinsville in October of 2005, Sport Clips car. Okay, Um, I'm a Tony Stewart, Mark. It's well known. I don't get it. I don't understand why, like, you could, there there are things you could do. Like, I don't know about you, Josh, but it's like, when you think about the hair, the clip, where do you come up with Tony Stewart 2005? Like, that's what I, I said this. I'm like, Tony Stewart's won 33 races in his career and for Joe Gibbs in that car. You could throw back to freaking Matt Kenseth. 
two, actually. They could have actually thrown back to Matt Kenseth. It would have made more sense driving a DeWalt car or the Home Depot car. They would have been better off doing that than what they did. I don't know. It's Joe Gibbs racing. I fucking hate Joe Gibbs. I hate racing. I hate him. I hate most of the drivers they have. I don't I don't hate Eric Jones. I feel bad for him. He's driving the mail-in car, the R&D car. Um, that's what Daniel Suarez was doing when he was there. Now he's throwing back to himself because he's – I don't know why. Um, it's convenient, I guess. It's kind of – it's cheesy when you've never done anything in a cup car to throw back to yourself. It's kind of that Austin Dillon kind of deal uh, to go and throw back to yourself. That's It's kind of fucked up. Um, yeah, got Matty Burrito, got, yeah, I, I, I can't stand Cuckold Byron. I mean, you, you, you consider Rick Ware, I mean, they have no sponsorship, so they have the ability to go and get crazy. That throwback, J.J. Ailey is irrelevant, um, considering a USAC champion, great USAC driver that couldn't make it in cup. I mean, it's been 20 years since Kenny Irwin unfortunately passed away. But this paint scheme, the Nerf paint scheme, that's cool. Uh, great job. I'm no Rick Ware racing fan. I made it abundantly clear. Uh, but that's a good job. I I don't know about you, Josh, but I, to me, that's a good job. Yeah, it was a good job. I like the execution there. And even the, the side panel, the... Um, Jacob Company's stylized and the old school action yeah. uh, diecast toys from yeah. back in the day. Used to buy all those when I was a kid, and Me so too. that that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's the you'd get the that was I, I forget the company or what they sold it as that brand because you could get them at Kmart when Kmart was a thing, or you could get them at at Wally World or Target or insert whatever store you could get them over there. That's where you could get those little die cast and that Nerf car was one of his first race uh, attempts, Kenny Irwin for uh, Robert Yates racing when um, Robert Yates uh, kicked Ernie Irvin to the curb, but it is what it is. The John Hunter Nemechek thing is another Elliot Sadler. I mean, John Hunter Nemechek is, as is, I'm I'm looking at index cards right now. I'm staring at index cards. He has a personality of index cards. And the fact that he's throwing back to Elliot Sadler, who to a, to a time when Elliot Sadler got his ass handed to him by Tony Stewart and he got fucked in his ass no lube is pretty weak. But then when you consider that John Honor is going to hit the wall anyway, it kind of fits the narrative. So whatever. It is what it, I I want John Hunter to be good, so bad, but man, how do you, how do you throw back to L? I mean, come on, like throw back to some. I mean, Morgan Shepard beat women, but like throw back to Morgan Shepard, you know, like like throw back to Dale Jarrett when he won his one effing race at at Wood Brothers in 91 beating Dale by beating Davy by a nose and his dad got to announce it go go throw back to Neil Bonnet like come on like Sitko's been in this sport forever I mean fuck I mean if we were gonna Jeff go Burton. Jeff Burton there you go 
I mean, come on. Like, like somebody that's done something in this sport that isn't an asshole, that isn't just like an inbred LCD piece of crap. I mean, all right, I got better thing. How about you throw back to Hermie Sadler? I'd, I'd rather they throw back to Hermie Sadler when he drove the Virginias for Lovers Oldsmobile back in 93 when he won the Bush Series Rookie of the Year. Go and throw back to that. That's such a way back Wednesday bit that you have to go and watch old YouTube clips to go and find out that Hermie Sadler could actually drive a race car. Like, come on, that's actually good. If you're going to throw back to something, at least throw back to something that was good. If you're going to throw back to something that's absolutely irrelevant, that is so garbage. But then Bob Jenkins, that's a mail-in. The 34 is a mail-in because Michael McDowell sucks at life and he shouldn't have a ride anyway. I mean, uh, Cold Custer throwing back to Curtis Turner. You can't go wrong with that. Um, I mean, he's irrelevant. He's going to be eliminated in the first round, so whatever. He won Rookie of the Year, even though he doesn't deserve to win Rookie of the Year, but because of the stupidity of how they changed uh, the how you win Rookie of the Year. Um, Tyler Reddick's better than him. Chris Bell's been better than him at times this year as well. It should have went all the way to the end of the year. But, of course, NASCAR and their infinite wisdom figures out ways to fuck with things. Doesn't take away from the fact that this main scheme's cool. Uh, I think at the end of the day, uh, SHR hit on three of the four. The Cash App car, as you brought up, Josh, I don't get it. I, I mean, come on. Uh, it's not a good moment in Richard Petty's career that he didn't have a car, backup car, so he had to take DK Ulrich's car. I get it's a cash app race. You could have run Buddy Baker's number 11 and you could have thrown back to a Hall of Famer, a legend. That would make more sense. You could throw back to Pete Hamilton's 40 car and say, oh, it's not a Richard Petty, but it's a Petty Enterprises thing. You could throw back to something that connects to Maurice Petty, who just passed away. You know, like, but you throw back to when... Richard Petty wrecks his car and he borrowed a car from DK Ulrich. I don't understand the obsession with that car. He ran like 30th in it. Like, what the hell does it matter? Why are you throwing back to that? It fits the narrative for the inbreds that hate Bubba Wallace because he's black and he's outspoken. It fits the narrative for those idiot sticks. I mean, they're going to be a maggot car anyways. Hopefully that thing throws back to bankruptcy and death. But that's beside the point. The uh, the 48 car I mentioned earlier, that's just awesome. Um, the Joey Gase car is a old Bobby Allison tribute, which is nice. But then it's Joey Gase, so he canceled itself out. The um, James Davison was becoming a thing. I don't know how the hell he's become this Cup Series driver, but then, hey, it's Rick Ware. They're throwing back to an old Tom Sneva tribute, which is interesting. Simon Eyes. So, hey, you're going throwing back to Simon Eyes. Uh, good old deal there. They're going to be horrible, but, hey, scheme works. When you don't have sponsorship, you can actually do it accurately. Speaking of that, it's incorporating, they do have sponsorship, but they incorporated it based on how the car looked. This is an underrated one here. Boot Scoot Boogie, Timmy Hill, 
Maryland guy. He's throwing back to his dad in the truck series, which is awesome. But this right here, his scheme that he's going to be running is running a skull bandit throwback to Phil Parsons and his mullet. The, the MBM Motorsports team is absolutely on point. They are bringing some real heat. And that car that they're going to be running on Sunday in the Southern 500 is awesome. Uh, it, it may not run a whole lo- run very long, but oh, it's beautiful. And I hope Timmy Hill's sporting a mullet uh, ha- a hat or something, and and little squirrel, little squirrel to go and act like he's Phil Parsons. It, it would be perfect because I'm I'm kind of like an underground Phil Parsons mark, mainly because of his mullet. Um, because I'm I I mean I'm a Benny Parsons guy too, but. Benny Parsons didn't have a mullet, but Phil Parsons always had a mullet. Uh, the Dirty Mo car, it's funny. Somebody brought it up. It's like uh, Junebug was questioning Spire's uh, existence and why they're there and how viable they are. And literally within a couple of weeks, he's sponsoring Ross Chastain uh, at Darlington in a Dale Earnhardt one-off tribute. That's there. There's irony and all of that. But then he's the guy that that owns Spire. The one guy that owns Spire was his manager or one of his managers. So I guess there's that um, that dual dual auto paint scheme probably is going to sell out. It's going to be one of the non Clyde uh, best sellers for sure. Great job there. It's Bowman. Ah, fuck it. I mean, most of his schemes suck. The Chris Bell car is garbage. The uh the Daniel Suarez car garbage, fuck them. Uh, they're gonna run thirty fifth anyway. Um, go and scroll through. Uh, did you 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 got to look at the Xfinity cars, Josh? You have any ones that you said uh, Michael Annette's, which yeah, definitely is one. Um, was there anything else that stood out to you in terms of the Xfinity series cars? Yeah, I mean, I also said Justin Allgaier running yeah. the that uh, Dale Jr. tribute from 2003, and that's a good one. One of uh, definitely one of my favorite moments from his career. Also, Jeffrey Earnhardt in throwing back to his granddad's uh, paint scheme with Bass Pro Shops. Uh, good execution there. See, like like we said, like the a lot of the smaller teams who don't really have a lot of funding, they're able to adapt their logo. Uh, to the original branding and all that although this one here not not the case really but still good execution for the most part i think um i think i mean some of these ones like like joe graff jr throwing back to elliot sadler again but this isn't even really an elliot uh, sadler throwback because eric almarola drove this uh paint scheme in 2011 when he mm-hmm. was driving for junior motorsports and it was also being driven by greg Sachs. yeah so it's that's greg like Sachs. it's gt vodka that's exactly yeah. what it is it's a greg sucks tribute yeah, and they're saying they're honoring Elliot Sadler, so I don't quite understand that one. You know, I think we had mentioned on the previous show the uh, NBN Motorsports with the Miami Dolphins throwback yep. with Dan, uh, J- Jim, yeah, yeah. Dan Marino, Harrison Burton, and the Dex car uh, <laughs> thrown back. Yeah, it's an ugly, that was an ugly car back in the it day. Was an ugly car back in the day when Harrison Burton didn't exist or barely exist. Yeah. It's still bad now. 
Yeah, and then we got our 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 guy uh, Fast Pasta, aka Anthony Alfredo, in the Coast Guard throwback, which yeah, that's whatever. Not really. I I can't say that's a mail in scheme, but yeah, it doesn't. It's like it doesn't bring anything. It's it's yeah. It's a take it or leave it. Definitely. Yeah. Um, Tommy Joe Martins. Uh, that's, that's I mean, a it, miss. That's a miss yeah. to me. I don't know about you, but. I mean, it fits the the profile, I guess, but it it's it's whatever. I feel like we've seen that one before, you know. Yeah, and and the thing that I would say is Terry Labonte was a Budweiser driver for the forty four, and there was at least two examples of the Budweiser forty four that you could use that weren't the Durwood. Um, Neil Bonnet version, which is what Tommy Joe is using. You could have used two versions that would have been unique to the number 44 and it would have been cool and would have been the Terry Labonte one. And that would have been, that would have actually fit. I mean, whatever. It's Tommy Joe Martin's, whatever. You should be glad he's running it. But hey, I mean, that was a miss. But yeah, keep going. Yeah, and then, you know, we've got. Kyle Weatherman throwing back to uh, Andy <laughs> oh, Griffith cop car oh, on brand oh, for him, uh, oh you know, back God. in the blue, and you know nothing, nothing more David to say than Reagan's that. It's on brand. Car. Holy God, holy crap! Yeah. All right, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, Jeremy Clements throwing back to, well, I, I guess it's not really a throwback, but rather he's featuring some of the legendary drivers throughout uh, NASCAR history that are from South from Carolina South and the Carolina. cup series and Xfinity series. We've got Buck Baker, David Pearson, uh, Kale Yarbrough, and then Xfinity series legends like Sam Ard and then Larry Pearson. And then Stephen light throwing back to Carl long, um, the flip car. Yep. The flip car from Rockingham in 2004. Um, that's a pretty good scheme there too. Brandon Brown throwing back to Janet Guthrie in the Kelly yeah. girl car. Uh, it's whatever. I mean, you know, even even here, like they're a small team and they basically had to feature the colors of Coastal Carolina University and kind of ruins the scheme for me there. And then Maya Snyder throwing back uh, to Jimmy Luan in the 50s. Bit of a bait there if you thought he was going to throw to the throwback to Jimmy Johnson some way. So I guess in a way that is unique and hey, it's it's different. So, you know, you can't really fault him there and. And you know they got the colors right and everything. Running twenty fifth anyway, so yeah, I mean yeah, so it's it's fine. I mean you know it's whatever. And then you know here's a here's a scheme that you probably like Chase Briscoe, number fourteen, throwback there. It's on brand still for Stuart Haas, just because that's a uh, you know still a Stuart Haas scheme, same number font there, and and uh, they don't have Mobile One as a sponsor anymore, but still the same colors and everything. So that, that was a good one there. Truck That's series getting made for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You can keep going. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, cause I'm, I'm just looking at the page, you know, truck yep. series, this is the actual good scheme here. Cause it, it's still Napa, you know, with Napa throwing back to the Ron Horner day throwback from 1996. And what you mean? Like, unlike yeah. anything that Clyde's run for however many years being sponsored by Napa, you mean like they're actually running yep. a Ron Horner day scheme? Yep. <laughs> yep. 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 The yeah. most uh, successful Napa uh, driver, well, uh, at least until Chase Elliott achieves something, yeah. which yeah. is whatever. But 
hey, they they actually threw back to the correct font, which hey, even for Chase Elliott, like uh, throwing back to the 2009 low scheme, they couldn't even throw back to the right number or even the the right format of the number. They didn't even have the drop shadow from the 48 uh, on the nine for for that, and and you can say that for the rest of the Hendrick cars pretty much throwing back to Jimmy Johnson. But anyway, in the truck series, yeah, good good execution yeah, here, great, great colors and. Jared Krause, absolutely. Yeah, and then it's about damn time that I'm, and I'm not even, and I'm sorry, Josh, I I know you're going, but it's about damn time somebody that runs a Napa vehicle throws back to frickin' Ron Hornaday Jr. I'm not even a Ron Hornaday guy, but Ron Hornaday's a Hall of Famer. He's one of the greatest NASCAR drivers in the past 30 years. He's been doing this stuff on the West Coast, came out to the East. Dale Earnhardt got him there, and he won championships for Dale Earnhardt. And Dale Earnhardt figured out what half him over, but whatever, because, I mean, it is what it is. But he won. He's he's the most successful freaking Napa guy there's ever really been. You know, they want, they want Elliott and they want Rossi to come through, but as Josh said, they should. There's every Napa car should be a freaking Ron Hornaday. There should be at least a Ron Hornaday tribute somewhere, once in one series, once a year, because he's that good. It's it's criminal that Chase Elliott has not run a Ron Hornaday tribute. It's absolute BS, and it shows how pathetic they are in terms of trinket selling. That when you know that you could sell trinkets the way they do, you should have thrown back to Ron Hornaday by now, and it's BS. Hell, like, go and get real funny and go and throw back to frickin' uh, Brendan Gone, because he's run the Napa frickin' thing. And Brendan Gone's a frickin' load, but he's a absolute awesome guy. He ran a Napa frickin' thing. No. We have to throw terrible third-rate schemes and have Napa on it because we're, we're, we can't create anything. Like, fuck you. All right, go back. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Uh, with the next one we got on the screen, Spencer Boyd in the number yep. 20. Um, it's whatever. Keep all headed full scheme for Todd Bodine. I mean, at least they got the number font right and logo placement and all that. Same color pretty much and mm-hmm. same placement on the car or on the truck. Um, then go on to Stuart Friesen, um, throwing back to his uh, father, his dad, I, yeah. I believe. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a good scheme, I guess. I mean, um, you know, not not really anything. Well, I mean, it's memorable for him. So at least it's original in that, right? He's going to run I mean, 15th yeah. anyway, so fuck Yeah, him. so um, then Timmy Hill, who will also be running the number 56 truck in uh, this weekend. Um, he's going to run – he's going to be running yeah. – what is it? He's gonna be running 700 miles on uh, Sunday. Yeah. If if both both vehicles make it all the way, he'll be running 700 miles on yeah. Sunday. Yeah. And the the tweet uh, shows how the guy, I guess, like a neon slant in the background of of the number, but the truck is white, and this is a a black car, so it's almost like it's a throwback to Robbie Gordon in 2002 and 2003, almost. Um, yeah. In a way. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then moving on, we got Clay Greenfield, number sixty-eight Toyota throwing under underrated yeah. badass. Yeah, and and of course, um, Hammond 
uh, Hammond is there, uh, Juice Boy Hamlin. This Hammond, this is underrated, really freaking classy. Yeah, yeah, that was a good scheme there with Bobby Hamilton, um, one of the legends of the truck series, and maybe as we move forward, maybe one of the more forgotten names in in the truck series. And even one for in, Richard in, Petty. Yeah, yep, yep, and and uh, won the last uh, caution-free race. Well, actually, no, that was Dale Jr., but won, the, won, won one of the last caution-free races um, ever at Talladega and ever in NASCAR, probably, considering we have stage cautions. Tony yep. should have won that race, but one of his many mistakes on a restrictor plate track yeah. um, was that, and that was the last win for Andy Petrie as an owner, too. Yeah, and then we got the GMS cars, I think, yeah, Sheldon Creed throwing back to Jimmy Johnson from his um, off-road days. And we got the 21 Zane Smith throwing back. Which is to, crazy yeah. to see on a Chevy. It's it's kind of disturbing, but it's... Yeah, know. but hey, it's still, even on a Chevy, it still looks good. Yeah, it still looks good, yeah. And the 23 uh, throwing back also to Bobby Allison. And I think they probably did a better job because they actually kept the same number font and I think the same colors yeah. and everything. That's sort of a Davy. That's actually sort of a Davy tribute there because Davy ran the Arca series with that kind of look too. He also had a Miller High Life too. But yeah. 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 That, yeah. And actually, it is a, a throwback to Davy. And then we have the 24 throwing back to the GMAC Financial Service, which is also known as Ally these days. Uh, this this is actually probably if, if we're throwing back to Hendrick stuff, this is probably the better uh, throwback to Hendrick because it it actually fits and it's from the Truck Series and and it's and, Biffle yeah too yeah and it's gonna be the Biff the Biffle car only knock is that it's not number sixty nine because that's Biffle's uh, meme that he created a few years yeah. ago but whatever and then. The last throwback that I know from the trucks is the 26 throwing back uh, to Junior, Junior Johnson. Johnson's Ford, yeah. Yep, solid execution there with the uh, the number same format from the the hand painted number 26 and and uh, the Holly Farms poultry on the side. Uh, just good color, same colors and and it fits the the truck well. So really the for for that team maybe probably the of like as a organization, probably the best uh, execution overall throughout all their cars. I think for all three series. Yeah, I, I mean the the I the Sheldon Creed vehicle is um, a, I don't know if it's Johnson or some of the other uh, Mickey Thompson series. I mean that is actually it looks like Jimmy's Pro Two from back in the soda days. Um, when he was running with Brendan gone out there in the Midwest in the trucks, uh, on dirt, uh, there's that. And then you have when they ran out and, the what do you call, I, I forget what series it was when they ran out at, uh, Baja, it kind of looks like the Baja, uh, Chevy trucks as well. So I, I mean, that connects to everything with Sheldon Creed. It connects, to Robbie Gordon, Jimmy Johnson, it connects to the dirt, but it also connects to here. Uh, that's cool. Um, I'm a Davy Mark, so the Brett Moffat truck uh, is definitely cool for me running the High Life Arca. Uh, Biffle running a Hendrick 
Uh, Hendrick look is quite interesting. Uh, he'll be a favorite on Sunday afternoon because there's very few people that have run this racetrack in the past, in a truck in the past decade, if at all. And, you know, Biffle, the last time he came off the couch, he won. So, I mean, it's it's not out of the realm of possibility, and he's in great equipment again. Uh, the Wood Brothers thing on a Chevy is just disturbing, but it's cool um, because you can't go wrong, uh, as we talked about earlier. Um, and then you talk about uh, the Ancrum truck with Junior Johnson. Yep, another one. It's another one that is on a Chevy versus a Ford, but hey, take it. I love the Country Time truck for Clay Greenfield with uh, going back to Bobby Hamilton, uh, the um, TriStar Motorsports group there with uh, Bobby Hamilton when he won Rookie of the Year in the Cup Series. He had Greg Sucks, uh, drove that car in 93. Dorsey Schrader and his mullet. And Mustache drove that on the road courses. I mean, I love that scheme. I mean, that's just an all-timer. That's early days for me as a fan. So I remember those highlighter colors, the highlighter yellow and highlighter pink. I'll, I'll, and, and, and for Timmy Hill, marking out to his dad, I mean, God bless him. I think I would have rather saw him run an ARCA scheme instead of some terrible... Um, Rick Ware uh, truck scheme, but hopefully they'll be bringing that out uh, eventually. Uh, Timmy's running, him and his brother are running that truck, so time is there for them, hopefully, to go and run something more closer to their dad's ARCA car, which he did a lot better work in than he did in a truck series. Um, Stuart Friesen, suck a dick. Uh, we forgot about Ty Dillon because he's running the we're going out of business scheme for um, uh, uh, Germain, which is basically similar to what Spencer Boyd is running, uh, uh, which is a tribute to uh, Todd Bodine, uh, cue ball at a fool. And, and he it's similar to running that Geico car. So um, that's cool. Um, nice for Spencer Boyd, who's a one-time Truck Series winner. Derek Krause, who's still waiting for his first Truck Series win, finally throwing back to one of the greatest West Coast uh, drivers ever. Um, it's one thing that's like, how the hell does nobody run a Herschel McGriff scheme? That's one thing that it's like, if you're really going to go hardcore, throw back, throw back to Herschel McGriff. He's one of the greatest stock car drivers ever lived. He's still here, whatever. It's like, throw back to him. You know, Ron Hornaday throwing back to Rick Corelli, which is what I think um, Kurt Busch did, or I forget who it was, threw back to Kurt Busch. Uh, I think it was a truck series, Xfinity series. So they threw to threw back to Rick Corelli because he's cool, the High Plains Drifter, one of the best, best nicknames there is. Uh, the Chase Briscoe throwback made me have, have feelings and thoughts, and if – they would ever make a Chase Briscoe diecast, which they don't any for whatever reason, because um, action sucks at life. They'll make anything Chase 
Elliot does, but they won't make anything Chase Briscoe does. It pissed me off. This right here, if it isn't made, it's going to be a custom. I'm going to pay for that to be made because it's my favorite, probably my favorite Tony Stewart scheme from his SHR days because it was literally the first time he hadn't driven an orange or a red car. And it had a little, and blue is my favorite color. And it had a little bit of blue. It, it was just a beautiful car. I loved the mobile one, mobile one car he had in 2011. It, 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 it connects to my, what possibly might be the greatest run of Tony's career and that championship and a guy who should be driving that car. Uh, next year but it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case but if you're telling me he's going to be running another year in xfinity versus running the maggot car um, please let him run the xfinity car because if he ran for the 32 car i might have to stop watching because archie saint hilaire could go and die in a freaking um molten lava or something that involves a very painful and slow death. Oh yeah. He could get COVID uh, because that's, that's a maggot thing. Uh, the Myatt Snyder thing. Yeah. it, the, I, I'm always a mark for, for Janet Guthrie and any woman that isn't, uh, Miss Hummer or somebody that's just a whore. Uh, so I'll give Brandon Brown credit for doing that. Yeah. The coastal Carolina thing that, Whatever. Brandon Brown's trying to make the playoffs. Um, it'll be seen. So that's nice. Throwing back to a pioneer in a time where we're so divisive. Throwing back to a pioneer of, of women uh, empowerment, women's empowerment uh, is nice for Brandon Brown. It's not something you'd expect. Uh, the uh, Rockingham flip car for Stephen liked, which I spelled his name wrong, spelled his name wrong, which is cool. Um, that's nice. Clements, uh, the Kyle, I mean, I Mike Harmon racing. I, I fucking hate Mike Harmon. He's a giant piece of trash. His organization's trash. Running a, a stupid cop car throwback, David Reagan. If, I mean, I, I said what I said about Eric, Elliot Sadler. Um, David Reagan's won two cup races and I think one Xfinity race. It's like, go fuck yourself. Like I'm, I'm waiting to be like Eric, the midget. He's like, go fuck yourself and go to hell. You motherfucking dumb fuck dipshit. That's what, what Mike Harmon, he's, he's a, he's white trash personified. You should go and walk out on a, on a multi-lane highway and get run over by a semi. Um, and so should most of the people that think that that team is relevant and worthwhile. Kyle Weatherman's an idiot. And, you know, who anybody who drives for that loser um, really ought to reevaluate their career. We went over the Tommy Joe Martins thing and also Anthony Alfredo Pasta um, could have went a little harder. I mean, yeah, it's a Kevin Harvick scheme, but there's other Kevin Harvick schemes. I think that would be a little better. Could have ran the AC Delco car. Um, that would have been cooler uh, personally, because that connects to multiple drivers. Really. You could connect it to, to Harvick, 
Boyer, Junebug, um, you know, the even Steve Park. I, you could have connected that AC Delco scheme. That would have been better, but hey, the the Harrison Burton scheme, like I could take a shit and it looks better than that car. But then that was a case when Jeff Burton drove it and was winning every Xfinity race too. So hey, Harrison Burton's gonna hit the wall, so it'll be interesting. We'll know where Harrison Burton hit the wall. The Fincham car is by far one of the best throwbacks there is. It's totally accurate. Fonts accurate, numbers accurate to the Dan Stinko Marino. I'm hoping, I said it to Sebastian, he works on the team. I hope that Chad Fincham is sporting isotoner gloves at some point during this weekend to truly fulfill the whole Dan Marino look. I mean, Joe Graff Jr. is another guy that should go and... um walk out into a into a walk out on the New Jersey turnpike and end himself um, running a random GT vodka thing and then going to Elliot Sadler, like at least say Greg Sachs, at least if you say Greg Sachs, it's genuine. He's a Northeast guy. It makes it look like you're trying. He won one cup race that basically ended an organization uh, because Bobby Allison left. I mean, and Die Guard basically ended at that moment. It's it's Joe Graff Jr. I mean, he should probably kill himself. It would be better. Uh, we missed Daniel Hemrick. Daniel Hemrick's running a John Andretti uh, tribute, and God bless um, God rest your soul, John. Uh, he's uh, He passed away from colon cancer, and he's running the old uh, Little Caesars Kmart Cranifus Haas tribute, which is awesome. Uh, I hope, considering how bad J- Daniel Hemrick's luck has been, Josh, I just hope he makes it to the checkered flag. But it would be awesome for him, for his family now that he has, that him and Kenzie, they have a baby girl, um, the whole Andretti, John Andretti connection. It would be a beautiful moment if he could close the deal on Saturday for sure. I know we didn't get to mention it, but uh, what are your thoughts on that car? Yeah, it's another good car. I think for the most part, the junior motorsports car is all through back with uh, the right context for the most part. I think, I mean, all, all three, all four of those cars, I think they had solid paint schemes, solid throwbacks overall. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't know what the hell. Um, oh yeah, um, what's his face? Um, Cocaine Gregson's running something that kind of looks like a Hellman's thing that Junebug won in. So hey, whatever. Got to give him credit there. Yeah, you got Allgaier, uh, Ryan Vargas running an Excedrin throwback to when uh, Jim Johnson won an Xfinity race for Herzog Motorsports way back when. So that's a way back deal. You got to give credit to Ryan Vargas, uh, underrated um, driver, underrated uh, um, scheme there. Uh, Something that may not get as much attention, but definitely very well done. 
uh, number font good, paint scheme relatively accurate, all good there. And then, yeah, I, and another one we didn't get to mention, uh, Our Motorsports, the Brett Moffitt tribute is to Mike Stefanik's Burnham Boilers uh, modified slash Bush North car. I'm a Mike Stefanik mark. I mean, I'm, I'm marking out. The, the, if you want to understand how much I love Darla, how much I love NASCAR and my fandom, and how much I mark out, this is what it is. People want to question my fandom. People want to go and question if I love this sport and everything. The amount of schemes I'm talking about and how much it means to me, that should tell you all you need to know. God dang it. That's this scheme right here. Our Motorsports is me. It's it's Northeast. It's everything that you want. Brett Moffitt has to grow the squirrel, the Mike Stefanik mullet, everything. He has to go and fulfill it. You know, and if if he grows the mullet, he's probably going to get a couple extra points of downforce, which will help him. You know, that this that car looks awesome. It's accurate. It it fits. It's just it's just right, you know. Uh, yeah, that's that's what it's supposed to be about. Uh, Jeffrey Earnhardt um, going and throwing back to Grandpa is cool. Uh, the fact that he can't drive a hot nail through snow is beside the point. I mean, his dad couldn't either, but I mean, at least his dad won something once in a while. Um, so it is what it is. Bass Pro. Uh, Johnny Morris, he'll support it, so it's all good. Um, yeah, it's that's the paint scheme throwback uh, takeaway there. Went a little longer, I think, than I thought it would. Um, I don't know about you, Josh. I know you've had to sit there for a while, but um, I guess for, for us this week and for everything, uh, where can we follow you and – I guess, takeaways and thoughts for going into this weekend. What should we be looking for uh, going into this weekend with uh, the um, everything we have to deal with in racing? Yeah, I mean, I think for the Cup Series, obviously, look for you know the usual suspects, Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin, to be up front, and Brad Keselowski, like we talked about earlier, Xfinity Series, I think, Chase Briscoe kind of gets back on his mojo and well, he already kind of did, but I think he will continue to do that and get some more momentum as they go into their version of the playoffs and the truck series. And, you know, I think maybe Sheldon Creek continues his role. Uh, I mean, look for Greg Biffle as well. Uh, can't count out some of the veterans that have raced this track before, just like Matt Crafton, uh, Johnny Salter and all those guys. Uh, so it'll be a. I think the truck series race will probably be the most interesting one to watch because just because the lack of experience uh, throughout the entire field there, but it should be a good race. Then you know Formula One, I think just continue to be the Lewis Hamilton party throughout the year like it has been, and then maybe we're going to see some competitiveness out of uh, uh, Max Verstappen, and I think he'll just be able to battle it out and maybe we'll see something from the McLarens or the Renaults. Maybe we'll see how that goes. And um, I will be wondering to see how Ron Caps does at 
U.S. Nationals. Um, I think he has a good chance of having a shot of it, and hopefully he ends up winning. It would be nice to see him win that race like you talked about earlier. Um, and then going out, and you, know, you can always follow me on Twitter at JP Huffine and uh, Instagram at also at JP Huffine, and you know just what I talk about with uh, racing and and talk about sports and other things you know that interest me and and all of that, and um, you know we'll hopefully get some interaction, uh, I'm sure between you and me and and maybe other people if uh, they decide to talk. Um, so that's all I got going out. Absolutely. And thank you as always, man, for, uh, providing your thoughts and your passion and being a great sidekick, uh, here. And we're, we're nowhere. We haven't gotten to where we're going to get yet. We haven't even gotten to the peak. We're still working at this and fundamentally I know where we could go. And we're we're gonna be we're gonna get even better than where we are right now. And these conversations and these kind of talks are gonna be more of the norm. Uh, even during the off season, we're gonna go and spend a lot of that. Uh, we'll probably do shows in the off season similar to this, kind of like history deep diving. And um, this is what the GSP is here for. Uh, while other shows are focused on one particular series we're going to give you everything one one stop shopping here you're going to get everything you want in one place and you're going to have two people who have a knowledge and a passion and a focus for sure um you know the and and that's what it's all about and we're two friends just bench racing and that's really what it is and we'll have some football content here coming up here soon. Uh, now that we're we're close to our draft, I mean, I'm I'm running the league, and I can't even remember when I moved my draft till. So that's bad. That probably gives an advantage to Josh. We'll talk about that during this uh, season here. Um, we'll kind of make reference to that during the GSP. Uh, we'll talk about football for sure because. I love football. Josh is a football mark as well. We have our teams and we'll also talk about racing. We'll continue to talk about racing. You can find us on uh, most places. You can find us on Podbean. You can find us on um, Stitchers. We're working on other places. You can find uh, the podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, TuneIn, and we're working on other places. I'm you're, You could find it on my blog, philipgmatthew.com, and, uh, of course, at GripStripPod on Twitter, along with my at, Twitter handle, at philipgmatthew, and uh, also on Facebook. Uh, you could find it on both of our pages as well. So... Um, to Josh, thank you, and to everybody that listens to us, thank you for listening to the Gripstrip podcast. And we'll be back next week to go and throw back uh, to everything that went on all over the world of motorsports, and we'll be able to go and give you a um, recap and information and everything you need here on the Gripstrip podcast. So stay safe, wear a mask. 
social distance, um, do all the protocols because they do matter um, whether certain people want to believe it or not. Um, they do matter. Um, take care. God bless and have a good day.